When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get to Stewie Jew, of the bottom six teams, which we are going to look at today, Kingy, um, and what a pass mark will look like for them in season 2023. Of the six, who gave you the most trouble, do you think? So when we're looking at the six, we're talking North, West Coast, GWS, Essendon, and the Adelaide Football Club. Who gave you the most pause for, uh, I don't... You know, I've got a few questions over what yeah, a pass mark looks that, like. That's a good That's a good question in itself. The Adelaide Crows. Same. Yeah, because I, I think you've got a really good coach, and I know that the list is still a fair way off taking a decent spike into into the top six or even the top sort of eight, really, for me. I still think they're another couple of seasons away. Now, I know you get a lot of feedback on that, but at the moment... If they finished eighth this year, they would, mm. to me, it would be one of those straight out, first week finals gone, one of those type of years, and where does that really leave you? I think they're on a, the right pathway, but it's very difficult to sit here and say, yep, this is absolutely going to plan. Yeah, that was my team as well, because I, I, I really like some of the stuff they've done, but I just looked through their list and there's too many areas that I'm concerned about of, of their list to think, okay, they're going to play finals this year. And you've been out track watching and I've heard you with Dwayne and there's so much positivity coming out of every club and there's so many clubs that are going to improve. Will Adelaide improve with the likes of those clubs that you've been watching? It's so hard to predict who's going to finish in the top eight. Are Adelaide going to be in and amongst the teams we're talking about? No, Richmond, are they going to be with the Bulldogs? Are they going to be, you know, I don't know what to expect from St Kilda. We'll get to them on a different day, but yeah, that was that was the hard one for me. But um, you can join in with that. Oh four double three nine eleven sixteen. Just as we wait for for Dewey, we we might start on that Kingy. And the last team was was North Melbourne. So this morning, what we're doing is we're working through the bottom six and coming up with what we think will be a pass mark for them um, this season. Now, some of the ins are important for North Melbourne. Daniel Howe comes in. Griffin Logue, Darcy Tucker, Liam Shields is the experience that comes in and that's why I think they're going to be a much better team than they were last year uh, it's your team so I might hand the microphone over to you because you, you know them better than, than I North Melbourne let's start there we'll start with the Kangas okay well I don't think they're, they're a two win team so last year they win two games and they have a percentage of 55 it's a, it's a disastrous figure when you, when you look at it in isolation I guess the overarching question is how many wins is Alistair Clarkson worth he comes in to a team that I think is, is systematically or structurally flown blind for three years. I, I don't think they've had the adequate uh, methods in place and the standards in place mm. um, to to be a, a good football team. So there's, there's enormous opportunity in the group that's already there. And I know that when you're down the bottom of the table, you get some luxuries in terms of the drafts picks, picks that come in, but... The AFL assistance for the, the, the future second and third round picks last year, T- to get Griffin Logue in gives you the st- stability down back of Mackay, who I think is an excellent uh, key post defender. He has all Australian capabilities. And Logue 
You can build around that quite easily. Mm. And Logue's preseason's been a slow build, but he's back. He's back right into it now. Um, so I think it gives you a real chance to then play a little bit with the, with the edges. I think that um, Luke McDonald is a fantastic uh, back pocket type. They could probably ask more of him. Their twenty four and unders are really well placed. LDU, Simkin, Powell, Phillips, um, Jackson Arch has had a fantastic preseason. I think the biggest wild card in the shooting star for the Kangaroos is a guy called Paul Curtis. Kicked 12 goals last year, mm. um, showed some signs they can do it in the air as well as at ground level. But all in all, the Kangaroo fans just want their team to be competitive. I need a number out of you because we're not going to get through all these six teams. Pass mark for North wins? Six. Six. I had it at five. You can get involved in that. There's still five teams to come. Not sure how we're going to get through it. We'll find a way. (laughs) Uh, Good morning. It is Fireball Friday. David King and Kane Corns with you with a big show still to come. Looking forward to speaking to ESPN Sports Centre host John Anderson. Lots happening in the lead up to the Super Bowl, but also the trade deadline in the NBA. And Mark Leishman is going to join us, the Friday Agenda and we're working our way through the bottom six teams and what a pass mark looks like for them in season 2023. Kingy had North Melbourne's at six wins. I've got it at five. North fans, 0433981116. As we move on to the West Coast Eagles, who also had two wins last year with a percentage of 59.8. They lost 10 games, the Eagles, by 50-plus points or more. There was um, mitigating factors around that in, in terms of COVID and, and injuries and all sorts of of chaos. They take on North Melbourne in round one. So when we look at um, last year's bottom-placed and second-bottom-placed teams, King, they face off in round one. That's going to be a huge game. They then take on GWS West Coast. I feel like it's really important they get off to a good start. But this is a team a lot of people are saying could be the Collingwood of 2022. Kingy, how do you see the Eagles and their prospects of a bounce back? Yeah, I... Look, they've been six years in the finals, two grand finals, a premiership in that in that space, then they've gone 10 wins, two wins. So the drop-off's been quite stark, and Adam Simpson's going, he's going to need a big year to keep the locals happy. And mm-hmm. I think it's the biggest coaching challenge in the system right now, returning the Eagles to premiership contention. How quickly you can do it, whether it involves the stocks that are on hand now or a fresh set, is the, is the challenge. But let's take a step back before we go forward. Last year, Yo, Nick, Nat, McGovern, Gaff, Kelly and Sheed. So there's six players who you would say was the bulk of their leadership group. Missed 70 games between them. Yeah. You can't win with kids. You can't. And we'll talk about Hawthorne later on and we'll talk about, you know, we've touched on the kangaroos. You need some sort of leadership around them. It doesn't matter what methods you're trying to implement. The young guys, they just can't stay with it, whether it's through through concentration levels are not quite there, not understanding the structural side of the game, or they're just not fit enough, or they're just not strong enough to win their own ball. So it's a huge challenge. I don't know how many games they'll win. I'm thinking it's around that six to eight for me would be around a pass mark. But is that enough to satisfy all parties? So this is the conundrum here when you look at West Coast. The pass mark is finals because – of the demographic Finals. of well, of the demographic of where they are at. So, is is six to eight wins going to satisfy the locals at West Coast? And you have to say, no way, because you look at their plus thirties on their list, and you're right. Their their success this year is all going to come down to how many games those players play, how motivated and how fit they are, 
Uh, they're 30-year-olds that need big years. Cripps has been a good player. He's 30 now. Darling's been a good player. He's 30. Got to get a lot out of him. Andrew Gaff, they need more out of him. He's 30 years of age now. Hearn, not sure. He's 35, so you can't expect too much. McGovern needs a big year. Nat Nui needs a big year. These are all the guys over 30. Shuey needs to play 20-plus games, but that's unlikely with where his body is at. And Yo's the same, nearly about to turn 30 this year. How much footy do they play? How motivated? How fit? And how injured is that core group that I just mentioned there will dictate how many games they win. Chuck in Kelly and, and a couple of others. Because that, that's where it's at. Like, they haven't added too much. They've had to go to the draft because they haven't been there in recent years. So the draft pick's coming in. You like, you know, Ruben Gibney and players like this, and you, and you hear good reports. But they're not going to be the difference whether you win or lose games. You know, Hunt gives you some experience. But that's it. They haven't brought in anything. In the trade period, they've lost Kennedy. There's 50 goals. They get Oscar Allen back. Hopefully, he replicates what Kennedy has been able to do. How fit is the group? How motivated? How injured are they? We'll decide how many games they win. They're still going to be hard to beat at home. Yeah. So, for me, a pass mark is finals. I don't expect them to play finals, and that's the really tough situation that uh, Adam Simpson and the Eagles are in. Well, I think your pass mark has to be achievable. I mean, if you're going to set you don't apart... You think finals is a ch- 12 wins for the Eagles? No, I don't think they can get to 12. I, I mean, okay. I'd be surprised they got to 12. If they did, fantastic. You're spot on. We haven't seen uh, last year's first pick in, in Chesser. We really haven't mm. seen uh, Xavier O'Neill a lot. We've seen him a little bit, but not, but not a lot. We want to work out who he is. Is he a contest winner? Is he a, a transition mid? What, what sort of player is he? We need to see more. He only played the 11 games last year. But I was thrilled to hear Tim Gossage, who's put on the radar that Tim Kelly will be the biggest improver in the competition this year. He said he's going to have a breakout year. I, was, I felt like, Goss, did you not watch him at Geelong? If you're going to have a breakout year, you need a breakout. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's already broken out. It, it would be a rebound year. Well, well, don't, let's not hang him on words. <laughs> let's go with the theme of what he's saying is that my, our man Gostradamus yes. has said – so So it, that gives you a bit of a, a window into what's happening over there. Clearly, he's a lot fitter than what he was last year. Nick Natanui Bowl reports is, is the fittest he's been for some time. Jeremy McGovern looks like a different what physical species. Yo, who was six kilograms well, he, too heavy last year? He was year. six kilograms because he couldn't train. He couldn't – they couldn't – they couldn't be the full professional package that they need to be to compete in the AFL level. So we, I'm giving them some luxuries last year, but they're on a tightrope in 2023. All right. North at five wins for a pass mark from me. Kingy's got them at six. West Coast, Kingy's got them six to eight as a pass. I've got it as finals. You can join in the conversation. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the IMR Insurance open line. Yeah, it is Kane and Kingy this morning for Fireball Friday. Big 40 minutes still to come. Got four teams to get through and also the Friday agenda. Your calls as well if you want to jump on the IMR Insurance open line and have your say, Kingy, just before we get to the agenda. If we don't get to the Giants, we'll never get through these teams. So let's go with them. Some big outs from their team in the trade period, none more so than Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto. They won six games last year. They do bring in the number one draft pick this year. His name is Aaron Cadman. Some other players that are in, largely um, dictated to by the draft. They had a really strong draft hand. Toby Bedford comes in as a mature player from, from Melbourne. But apart from that, more has gone out the door than has come back in in terms of experience. They have a new coach also and a whole new coaching panel at the Giants. Adam Kings is going to take up the charge and he's going to bring back the orange tsunami. What's your thoughts on the Giants? He's bringing back the tsunami. He's bringing back the tsunami. Oh, that's good to hear. 
I'm just not convinced that I'm a fan of this list anymore. Okay. I'm just Explain. not convinced that, uh, that in the next two to three seasons, we, we may see a complete turnover of, of uh, back into the rebuild phase. And maybe they're already there. Yeah. Right. Just had a bit of a look back through. If you look at their first two picks in the draft from 2013 to 2020, so that's what makes up the core of your quality in that next phase over the next two to three years. They've lost 11 of those 16 picks. Hmm. 11 of those 16 are no longer there. And you're talking about guys like Boyd, Pickett, Marchbank, Hopper, Kennedy, Taranto, Setterfield, uh, Bonner, Corball, Haitley, um, Bruin. There's, there's a heap of them, clearly. So I worry, I worry about the next phase, the next block of two to three years. Now, that, that's already started. We know they took four picks inside uh, pick 24 last year and two uh, – Two first rounders they've got for next year, given the uh, the trading they've had to do with Richmond. We're all waiting to see what Aaron Cadman can do as, as pick one, but I just I'm worried that we've seen the best of Kelly and Whitfield and Canelio. Mm. Um, Taylor's a superstar. Toby Green. We've seen the best of those guys, and let's be honest, those five guys they played a, a possible uh, of a possible 110 games last year. They played 97, so mm. they've been pretty healthy. So I, I just worry that we may have seen the, the absolute best of their best. Yeah, I think I'm I'm with you largely. I think it's going to be a difficult year for them, albeit they've got quality there. Like on, on paper, there's a core group of players that are, are quality. Like Kelly's still a good player. Canelio at his best is good. Green's a, a really good inside mid who's young and at the right age. You mentioned Taylor, the All-Australian. Nick Haynes can still play, albeit he's on the other side of 30 now. Where do their goals come from? Uh, that would be a, a, a concern for me. Himmelberg, you know, they're not sure. Probably back forward after making a successful move back. Jesse Hogan, unreliable in terms of his body. Riccardi, not sure whether he's a, a player yet. And, and Toby Green will, will get probably close to 40 goals again. He kicked 37 last year. That would be an issue. So they'll have to play faster. They'll have to defend better. Um, but I think the depth is going to be an issue for the Giants. After that top... Yeah. Eight? What's next? Brent Where Daniels, got uh, Tom Green, they're, they're the ones that probably got to come come with come with a rush. Uh, where have I got them? Look, I just think it'll be a similar season. Uh, it'll be a year of growth for me. They may take a step backwards. I've got them similar to where the Kangaroos uh, are. I've got, I've got them five, six, seven wins. Is that too low? Um, yeah, I've got them at eight. I've... I've uh, similar to last year, they won six. They would be looking to improve. I mean, the 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 way that they started was was ordinary, um, and then they they moved on the coach. Of course, so it was a year of carnage. I think it'll be more settled. I think you'll get the bounce a little bit that you can get with the new coach. I think eight wins would be a pass mark for me. I don't think five to six would be a pass. I think that'd be pretty flat with no, that. I, well, it's not a pass. No, there's certainly not a pass. I, I just think it'll be a challenging year. And, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because they've, they've worked so hard to, to achieve everything that uh, in terms of growing a new football club. It's a tough gig. But this first wave is, is, is now over. Uh, and I'm wondering where to from here. That, that's my question, really. Let's move on to the Bombers um, because they're always interesting. The Bombers played finals in 2021. Disastrous year for them on and off the field. Last year, they were 2-10. and 10. They lost their first three. They're poor starters. They must start the year better. For me, Essendon, in terms of the players that they have lost and brought in, once again, a lot of youth coming in. Uh, Tip and Woody will help. 
but they have got another young gun in, in Sardis, but he's injured at the moment, the number five pick, so you wouldn't expect too much from him in the first couple of months of the season. Will Setterfield comes in to give them some experience, as does Tip and Woody, as I said, and they've added with some speed to the uh, forward line with, with the Davy uh, twins coming in. Francis went out. Uh, Hurley retired. Devin Smith also retired. Waterman was delisted. For me, the Bombers have got to start better, Kingy. So this is their first month. Hawthorne, Gold Coast, St Kilda and GWS, all very winnable games. They've got to get some early wins under Brad Scott, who is talking patience and he's not talking finals and he's talking the long term, and I don't mind that, but they've got to start the season better. I know you've been a critic of the Bombers midfield, and rightly so. How do you see Essendon this year? Yeah, I keep hearing they're young and they're, they're inexperienced. I mean, Heppel, Stringer, Merritt, Shield, Parrish, Langford, McGrath, they've all played 100-plus games. I mean, there's enough experience there to, to, to guide the way. I think their biggest problem, they still, they still lack a big-bodied defender for me. When they come up against the, mm. the Hawkins types, the, the Harry Mackay types, I mean, they're everywhere now. The King Lynch. brothers, they're, yeah. they're everywhere. So you need you need a big, uh, a big bodied fullback to handle these guys. They they haven't got that sort of player. Reed and you know, he hasn't really seen enough football. He's yeah. been too injury prone. And then I think their second tall forward option is still a mystery for me. Okay, Peter Wright had a fantastic season last year, but who's the not next? Gonna be we- it's not going to be Wiedemann. Like if he if Wiedemann hasn't made it yet. I mean, it's okay. You give up nothing to get him, and he gives you some depth. But I don't think he's a—he's not a bona fide second key forward. Is he's the tallest small in the competition. He doesn't make contact like a big player, like a strong presence full forward. It's—I'm a little bit with you on that one. So I think they've got problems at at the very uh, the extremes of the ground, if you like, fullback and and probably that second tall target forward. For me, this year is about seeing what Andy McGrath actually is as a footballer. Big year for him. It's I've a got that huge written, year. I've got that written down. It's a huge year for him. He's been underwhelming as a number one pick. Uh, every time he speaks to the media, gee, this guy's impressive and he says all the right things, but I watch him play and it's pick it up and hack it or pick it up one step and, you know, snap it around his body. There's no damage and there's no substance to the possessions that he wins um, as impressive as he is off the field, but he's yet to establish himself as not even a B-grade AFL football well, yet. He needs to be the reason Essendon win. He, he, he has to go from a, a nice-to-have to a player that you say, yep, gee, you don't want him getting the ball. We need to put some time into him. Um, I wonder how he'd, his footy CV would read. If he finished tomorrow, what would it read? Mm. It would be an interesting discussion. I think that they get great uh, service out of Parish and, and Merritt, but they need help. I love the fact they've put Hobbs and Perkins in there through the preseason, exposing them to more midfield minutes. There's enough talent around the edges to to really do something quite special this year. They won seven games last year. It looks in, in watching their preseason training, I'm fascinated to see through the NAB series. It's very difficult to assess everything they do because mm. you're not sure what the what phase they're at with their training, but. I'll be watching the, the NAB series closely to see if they are a go-forward team. If they, are, if they are playing the Geelong brand of football, whether it's take territory and back your, your defenders to get it done on turnover, or they're a safe lateral ball use team. That, that's my biggest watch, little asterisk there. What's the pass mark for wins for the Bombers? Oh, seven wins last year, new coach comes in. Um, you, you sack a coach, you must think you're better than seven wins. So I, I'd be saying that 10 Ten would be yeah. a pass. I had them down in ten 
in red ink there as well. Good young players who we like. Love Perkins. Cox, who knows, um, but does have potential. Reed's always injured, so not sure. But Durham and Martin um, love the way that they play their football. So there is a little bit to like at the Bombers, but they're going to have to start the season a lot better than they have in recent years. one 736 736 There's North West Coast. GWS and Essendon done. Still got Adelaide and Hawthorne. We are running out of time. We knew, we, we thought we were going to do split it, didn't we? Into yeah. nine and nine. And we'll do the part. And, and you wisely said, no, let's do six, six and six because there's no way we're going to get through nine. So over the next two weeks, we'll do the middle six and the top six and the pass mark. We've still got two teams left this morning. So let's get to that now. And we're up to the Crows, who we've both said this morning were the most difficult team to assess when looking at what a pass mark will be this year. Um, they bring in Isaac Rankin, who's really going to help. That's their marquee recruit. Apart from that, they didn't have high-end draft talent, um, but Max Michelaney was number 17 pick in the end. They bid on him as a father-son who they liked, but once again, as a young player, won't make a massive impact. Out goes Luke Brown, Ben Davis, Billy Frampton, Fisher Mackesy is gone. James Rowe and Brett Turner were delisted. It's year four of the rebuild for Matty Nix. Kingy? Three, seven, and eight wins have gone over the last three years. And I just, I start hearing the murmurings. Oh, now it's time for Adelaide. Now they've got to make finals. Now they've got a, they've got a spike. I just don't think they have enough quality midfielders to, to mount that spike. And and I, I understand the, 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 the penchant to, to put Isaac Rankin in as a part, a bit bits and pieces midfielder because of what you see around stoppages and what he can do. But you're going to sacrifice some goals if you do that. And I don't actually know if he has the tank to be that midfielder that the uh, that the outside noise is talking about. I think they're a really good defensive team. I think offensively they've started over the last couple of seasons. I think you've got the right coach. But I, I just fear, I fear that one bad season will rock the confidence in Maddie Nix, which I, I, I don't know whether that's justified or not. I'm looking forward to seeing how he plays Riley Thilthorpe this, mm-hmm. this year and what he can become. What, what actually is Riley Thilthorpe? I think they're trying to turn him into Blixarves. That's what I feel. I've, I've have read some comments um, throughout the preseason. He's been doing a lot of secondary ruck work and going up against... Blixarves or Jackson? Riley O'Brien. Well, yeah, well, similar. I think... I think Fremantle are trying to turn Jackson into Blixarves as well. So attend attend the stoppage, and that, I think that's what Riley Philthorpe may do. And then you know you you play as a midfielder, but you can push forward. Yes, he can play. He's got a massive tank, and he has spoken how he loves playing in the ruck. So whether he's a second ruck or whether he's a more mobile ruckman who can play on ball, I think there's a lot of teams exploring that off the back of what. Geelong have done, but you're right. He's the big wild card for me. Really like him as a player, but you know, hasn't captivated the, the five-goal debut that he's got, but we'll get there, I think. The forward line's elite. So I, I think the forward line, their forward six elite. Is, I think their forward six stacks up with any with anyone, really. With like, anyone? Yeah, I think it does. When you look at Fogarty now, who's who is, has to be a 45-50 goal forward, and his second half of the year was excellent. Walker, by any measure with your mates at Champion Data, will be oh, an elite forward like, on any measure. <laughs> Rankin, by your mates at Champion Data, is elite. Rochelle's a very good young player. Saligo's a good player. Um, McAdam, you know, floats through there. So I think they have options in the forward line. Is it is it to the level that Carlin's is and Geelong's is? Probably not. But their, their top six forwards are as, you know, stacks up. 
But their midfield's where it's at. Like, I don't know what they've done with their recruiting in the midfield. You just recruited the same player. Peddler. No, pick 10. He's the same player as what Berry is. Laird is a small midfielder. Crouch is a small midfielder. Sloan's a small midfielder. Keys is a small midfielder. They're all competitive animals who get 10 tackles each per game but don't hurt you with their possessions, all of them. So Dawson, you know, he's not, he's not a midfielder, but he helps in that space and, and can float through across halfback on the wing. But they're inside midfield group. They're animals, but they don't hurt you. Yeah. And, and we, we know the way the game has gone, and we keep referring to Geelong mm-hmm. because they play with a dare and a flair that the other teams, you either come with that because the game has changed or you get left behind. And I'm sure Matty Nix, he's aware of all this. I'm interested to see how they play early in the uh, the NAB series and early in the season to see whether they are going to spike from, from eight wins. But I, I actually think a pass mark this year would be holding ground. Mm-hmm. Eight wins, take your percentage from 87 up to, say, mid-90s. Uh, that would be a win for me. But but I don't I just don't know if this list right now is still good enough to arm the coach with, with what he needs to spike. 10 to 12 would be a pass 12. mark for me. Um, that's, the, that's the part. They've got to be in finals contention halfway through the year. Uh, 12 is a lot of wins, isn't it? With, yeah, 12 is hard to get to. And does 12 even get you there? Sometimes it doesn't, as we saw last year. Um, you've got to win most of your home games and then you know sneak a couple away from home. But uh, that would be the pass mark. Do I think they can get there? Probably not. But 10 to 12 for me. Uh, let's move on to... How many goals uh, does Rankin kick for the year? Um, what did he get 29 last year? Last year. 29 uh, in, a, in a team that underperformed. Two a game. He's got to get two a game. So 40. 40. Okay. Yeah. Would be would be a good result. So can you, can you afford to have him 40, 40% midfielder if you need two goals a game out of him? I think he just... I think he can do a bit of Tom Papley stuff. A bit of attend the centre bounce and push forward. Okay. And and Rochelle's a little bit the same, albeit he's you know, lesser on the progression because it's his second year. But I'd, has I'd rather work with what that. you've got and what you okay. know you've got as a forward. But if your than... biggest hole is we don't have any midfielders that do damage, yeah. and there's one that can, I think it's worth exploring. But we'll get an indication of that throughout the preseason. And lastly, Hawthorne. Uh, they won eight games last year with a percentage of 89, which surprised me. Started the season really well. But what we need to speak about is what's gone out the door, and that has been spoken about a lot. Gunston's gone. McAvoy's gone. Mitch, Mitchell's gone. Phillips is gone. O'Meara is gone. Shields is gone. A lot of experience over the last, not just last year, a couple of years. And you were struck by how young they are, Kingy. I, the pass mark for me, I've said it, is five. Hawthorne will get straight to it. I think I think that's about where it sits for the Hawks this year. Unfortunately, it's going to be pretty tough. I think this is the youngest team I've seen. It's, you know, mm. obviously the French, the new franchises are very, very young. But this is this is a seriously young team. Doesn't mean they can't perform. Doesn't mean they can't excite. Eight wins last year. I think Weddle, the young kid, has, has had a fantastic preseason. The Oakley Chargers boy who was pick eighteen last year. Jath looks like a different yep. specimen now physically. Looks like he's put on four or five kilo, you know, in the right places. He's 23. He's played 48 games. I think he'll have a serious year. Lloyd Meek will slot in beautifully and put some pressure on this this ruck squeeze, you know, with, with Reeves and Lynch. I think they'll really miss the leadership of McAvoy. And I think that he, that will be a challenge for them. I know he only played eight games uh, last year, but 
Sicily will come in. Where he plays, he, he looks like he'll play centre-half back. But I, I, I was fascinated by his work mm. in the midfield late last year. But I'm a little bit with you. At the, at the end of the day, you come back to, OK, Sam Mitchell is the coach and they've clearly got a game plan that's allowed them to play some pretty good footy. Particularly in the back half of last year, I thought there were some winnable opportunities for them, some winnable games. Um, but if he can hold ground at eight wins, I think that would be a huge effort. I bought a lot of stock in Denver Granger Brass early. Oh, too much. And I've held it. I've held it, though. I'm not selling. I'm not selling. Not, this is just stubborn. I'm not selling my stock of Granger it's Brass. Got crypto written all over it's it. This is be worth a lot of money hey? in a couple of years. And, well, you and said he was they, the best player in that draft. In that draft, I did. How's it looking? I did. Well, I'd have to go back and look at who was oh, selected oh, with him. But I haven't sold my stock, which is the most important thing. It's not a loss until you sell, is, is that what right? they tell me. So he's going to be important for them. Will Day, I hope he plays a full season because, you know, Hawthorne fans love what he does. He's tough and played a bit of midfield last year. And they've got some good young players coming through. A lot of raps on Cam McKenzie as well, who was drafted early for the, for the Hawks. So there is some optimism. Dylan Moore, three-year deal uh, this week. He's a, he's a great story. He's 23 years of age. Hopefully Impey plays a full year and they still get a lot of goals out of Bruce. There is some upside, but I think all in all, um, with Mitch Lewis going down, it's going to be a pretty tough year for the Hawks. one 736 736 We got there. We got through six. I wasn't <laughs> sure whether we would or not this morning, so I'm relieved that we did get there.